Welcome to the Coffee with Kathy podcast. Take a moment to subscribe and like us on Facebook if you haven't already. You can also check out all of our books, merch, and future podcasts at coffeewithkathy.com. Now grab yourself a cup of coffee and get ready to be encouraged. Here's your host, Pastor Kathy Heitschu. 1 Thessalonians 5, and we'll start in verse 12. Welcome all my online friends. I'm so glad you're with us today. Share this broadcast. Tag your mother-in-law. She really needs to hear this. Amen. So I'm doing you a favor. Share the broadcast. Tag your mother-in-law. I have a really good mother-in-law. Amen. Anybody else got a good mother-in-law? Yet again. (laughs) It's not so good. And some of y'all are sitting right by her, so that's really not good. Do we want to practice that again? (laughs) Amen, amen. (laughs) And we'll start in verse 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Amen. You know the Bible says you have to respect. Amen. Respect your pastors. That's good. But that's not my message, so calm down. All y'all are starting to sweat. It's all right. And to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we're getting somewhere. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one, verse 15, see that no one, somebody say no one, no one repays anyone evil for evil. Nobody repays anybody wrong for wrong, but always, say always, Always. seek to do good to one another and to everyone. You think that includes that no good neighbor of yours that's just got that dog that just barks in the middle of the night all night long? You think everyone includes that boss you got? You think everyone includes your mother-in-law? Amen. Everyone. Rejoice always. Verse 16. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Always rejoice. Always. You ought to underline that. You ought to highlight that. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Verse 18. Give thanks in all. Somebody say all. All circumstances, for this is the will of God. Everybody wants to know what the will of God is. Well, here you go. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? For you to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. He wants you to not repay evil for evil. He wants you to rejoice always. He wants you to pray without ceasing, and he wants you to do good. Amen? This is the will of God, to give thanks. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Somebody say, every form of evil. Now, Paul's given an instruction here to this um, young church in Thessalonica, and he's trying to bring them to a place of maturity. And he does that by, by beginning to draw a dividing line between those who are mature Christians and those who are immature in their faith. And we can see from his teaching that the difference between them has everything to do with consistency. Say consistency. Uh, I don't have you spell it because some of y'all would have a problem with that. But listen, uh, mostly my, my homeschool children. But consistency, it has everything to do with consistency. Anybody, Paul said, can do right for a minute. But the question is, can you live faithful dedicated, and a consistent life in the face of adversity. Can you? Can you be faithful and consistent when that spirit of anger comes on you? Can you be faithful and consistent when your hormones are raging? And all the women in the house said, amen. (laughs) Can you be faithful and... Not you. I saw the look you gave. I'm going to calm down now. You're going to call me out in front of everybody. Can you be faithful and consistent when life isn't going your way? Because Paul says in verse 15, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, evil for evil, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. He says, you know you're mature when you don't do people the way they do you. 
Anybody, you know, not now because y'all are very mature, but you remember back in high school when you were going to pay evil for evil, amen, talk about eye for an eye, talk about tooth for a tooth, and some of y'all knocked some out? He said, you know you're mature when you don't do people the way they do you. There's this saying uh, they teach us in psychology, hurting people hurt people. If you could just get a hold of that, you would understand hurting people hurt people. You wonder why somebody's hurting you? Because they're hurt. But if we could flip it on them and try to get to the what's hurting them instead of trying to get even with them. Woo. You know you're maturing in your faith when you can love those who despitefully use you. Anybody been despitefully used in 2021? Anybody been used this whole decade long? Amen. You know you're maturing when you can love people. I mean love people who despitefully use you. That's how you'll know if you're mature in your faith. When you don't try to push back at people who are pushing you. Well, you're going to one-up somebody. Well, I'm going to get even with them. Well, I'll show them. They're mean to me, so I'll slam doors. They're, they're not, not fair to me, so I'll give them the silent treatment. You know, when you want to push back at people who are pushing at you, I start off too, too is this too much for all y'all on page one? Okay, I, I, I should have went in a little slower, amen? But, you know, Dusty and them has got to get on the road, so i got to get to it, amen? When you don't try to push, you know, you don't render wrong for wrong. You don't render evil for evil. And if that's not enough, y'all, Paul takes it to another level. He goes to a higher level and says, not only do I not want you to render evil for evil, I want you to develop a capacity to rejoice always. Whoo, I'm going to mess with it today. Rejoice always. Not only do I want you to learn how to deal with the stuff going on around you, but I want you to be able to learn how to rejoice while you're dealing with the stuff going on around you. That's a hard thing to do. To rejoice. It's bad enough you're going through it. But now Paul wants us to rejoice while we're going through it. It's easy to rejoice when you got a money in the bank, amen? Anybody got some money in the bank? Anybody want money in the bank, amen? Amen. That always gets way more hands than anybody got money in the bank. It's easy when you got money in the bank. It's easy to rejoice when all your kids are getting along. Whew. It's easy. It's easy to rejoice when you're driving a new car, they ain't got no car problems. You ever, anybody ever been broke down on the side of the road? Anybody still broke down on the side of the road? Do y'all know some of y'all got a car still broke down? Amen. I'm going to need y'all to go get that car off the side of the road. It's been 10 years. Some of y'all just left it right where it was and walked away from it all. It's easy, but you know, the word rejoice means, because, you know, you read this Bible word, and most of the time you're just reading right through it, rejoice always. Yes, amen, hallelujah, I'm rejoicing. But rejoice actually means to be cheerful, to be happy. Which we can look at your face and tell most of you are pretty cheerful, are rejoicing to be here today. You're happy. The rest of you, somebody had to push, pull, and drag you, throw you in the trunk of the car and get you here. But I'll tell you by the time you leave, you're going to be so happy. You are going to rejoice. It means to be cheerful. And it means to be happy. And guess what? It doesn't matter what the situation is. We're still supposed to rejoice always. In other words, Paul's saying, I challenge you to get to the place where no matter how bad it seems, no matter how bad it is, you have the ability to recognize it could be worse. Right? You, you look at it and realize this could be worse. I could look down and there'd be a, a hole in my shoe. But I could look down and have no feet. Amen? It could be worse. I'm mindful. I'm mindful of that. Maturity is coming to a place where I can rejoice at all times. You know, when I can say, I thank you, God, for this hole in my shoe. Praise the Lord. What are you going to put with it to turn it for my good? Amen. Right? You got to be able to flip that thing. That's why David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. All times. Paul said, don't render wrong for wrong. Rejoice always. And he tells us how to do it. He said, this is how you do it. Pray without 
See, y'all is good with the microphone. Amen. I'm going to have y'all preach next time. Pray without ceasing. I get it. It's easy to bless the Lord when things are going well, but what about when things aren't going well? And some of you are, are having this, issue, this uh, uh, issue today, right now. Things aren't going well. What about when things aren't going well? Because it's easy to pray and believe God when everything is working out the way you want it to. The way you want it to. You know, when God's boldly answering all of your prayers. But what about when nothing is going good? When nothing's going good. When you done kicked the cat. You done stubbed your toe and kicked the cat to blame it. Amen. Which is not a bad thing. I'm not, for, I'm not against that or anything. But what I'm saying is, when, when nothing's going good, and he said, pray without ceasing. It's an inside joke, so don't send me no hate mail from PETA. Calm down. Pray without ceasing. He's offering an invitation for us to direct our worship toward God. That's what he's teaching us here. He's telling us pray without ceasing. That means whatever's disturbing you, whatever's troubling you, whatever's got you all messed up, whatever your needs and requests are, whatever your concerns are, I want you to direct it to God. Amen. In other words, I want you to be in a state of worship and let it be directed toward God. We have to stay in a state of worship. Now, after watching y'all this morning worship for just a little bit, some of y'all are going to have to have like a tutorial. We're going to have to, I'm going to make a YouTube tutorial. I'm really good at making tutorials for people. So I'll make a YouTube tutorial on, to help you out. Amen? But I want you to be in a state of worship and let it be directed to God. I want you to be able to pray without ceasing, rejoice, not pay back evil for evil, and all the while, no interruption in your worship. Ooh, ouch. It's okay to say ouch, y'all. It hurt me too. Ouch. I don't want you to allow anything to interrupt your worship, God's saying. Nothing interrupts our worship. Ooh, that's powerful. And then he follows it up with, in everything, in everything, tell your neighbor, in everything. Look around and tell the person behind you, in everything. When I get them woke up too, amen. We need to be a woke church, amen. In everything, give thanks. I want you to give thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Paul said, I want you to know that it's God's will, concern, uh, God's will for your life when it comes to you. God's will for your life is no matter what's going on, no matter what things look like, no matter how bad it is or you think it is, stay in a place of giving thanks. He said, not only do I want you to be grateful, because most of us got to be grateful. Amen. We, we, got our, we count our blessings. We got them on the refrigerator. We, we're, we're be grateful pretty good. But he said, I also want you to express gratitude. Not just be grateful, but express your gratefulness, right? There are some people who never tell God thank you. There are some people, not in this room, but your mother-in-law is never said, thank you. I was talking to somebody the other day. They said, you know, I'd like to just hear a thank you every now and then. All the mothers in the house said, amen. And the parents said, you know, amen. I'd like to just have a thank you every now and then. I wish my kids would just realize uh, they, the reason they get to enjoy all the things they enjoy. I wish they would just realize who put the roof over their head. She said, I wish I could, they would just realize who paid for their car and the money to fix the tire and put the gas in the car. Money to change the oil. Money to go to the game. She said, I wish they would realize and recognize and just thank you one time for, for the movie and the cheerleading costume and the football outfit and, and all the stuff that goes with it. She said, I just wish I could hear a thank you every now and then. And I said, just imagine how the Lord feels. Hi. Right? We have so many blessings we take for granted. So many things we never say thank you for. And Paul said, no, I want you to be grateful and I want you to express it. Because everybody has something they can praise God for. Everybody has something they can give thanksgiving for. And some of y'all are like, well, I'm in this situation, Kathy. You just don't understand. You don't know what I'm going through. How do I give God thanks in this? But can I tell you, he saw 
the direction your life was going. He saw it coming at you, and he made a divine assessment, and he already put everything in you that you need to weather every storm that comes your way. Do you know you already have it in you? Everything you need is in you. He already put it in you. And by the way, it's been stripped of all the power in Jesus' name. I just prophesy that right now. It's been stripped of all the power to come at you in Jesus' name. You got everything you need in you. There's victory on the horizon. Just hang on, Bubba baby. Listen, hang on. You have a win in your future. Amen. And maybe you can't see it now. But God is good and God does good. He is good and he does good. And even when the, uh, your circumstances are not good, he still is. He still is. Whatever it is you're going through today, whatever it is had you up all night last night and first thing this morning worrying about and thinking about it, he still is good and he still does good. Now verse 18 says, it, well, let me tell you what it doesn't say, give God thanks for everything. It says, give God thanks in everything. Not when you get out of it, then give God thanks. Oh, boy, I'm, I knew it was going to turn out like that, and you giving him all the thanks. No, in it. Not after you've gone through it and already seen the outcome. Not after you've been on the other side and saw how it's all going to work out. No, he's saying while you're in it, while the storm is raging in your life, while the fire is breaking out on every side, while you're walking right through it, I want you to give God praise. When your family's all jacked up, give God praise. When nothing seems to be going right at your job, give God praise. When they're fighting with you and been fighting with you, I want you to give God praise. Paul said, not after, but in it. And you know why he could say that? Because in Acts 27, he's been in prison. Remember, they put him on a ship for Rome under Roman guard. A storm is going crazy all around him. It looked like he's going to be shipwrecked. They ain't had no food for days. That right there is enough to kill all of y'all. Amen. You're like, we ain't going to have food for days. We're going to do a 21-day fast at the beginning of the, of the year. Most of y'all are going to be like, mm, no, cash me out. Mm -mm, cash me out, brother. That ain't for me. They ain't had food for days. But Paul began to give thanks. You should read the story in Acts 26 when you get home. He broke bread, y'all. He gave it to his people, and he gave thanks. He says, give thanks while you're in it. You don't have to be thankful for it, honey, but you got to be thankful in it. And that's okay, amen? We can take that. This is the measure of maturity. Like when you smack dab, did they say smack dab in the north? Yeah, okay, I'll right in the middle. Let me go proper for some of you real northerners. When you right in the middle of it, when the tears are flowing down your face, when there's still questions happening in your mind, Paul said, I want to challenge you to give God thanks. I mean, when everybody on the ship has given up hope, all of them, over 200 of them done give up hope. Paul says, I want to challenge you to give God thanks. Paul's like, hold up, hold up, brother, wait a minute. We about to give God thanks for hold on. Because he understands that when you begin to thank God, even in the middle of you not understanding, do you know your thanksgiving opens your eyes to all the good things God is doing right in the middle of the hard things? If you begin to thank him, you'll see the good. There's always something you can be thankful for. Even on the darkest days, I instilled this in my kids early, that kids really early. When they would talk about somebody immediately, we had to say, now say something nice. Amen? Say something nice. And they usually would say, well, it's your kid. She's your kid. So that's something nice. But anyway, we started really early on. Say something nice. You can always find something something. There's always still blessings to be counted. You haven't counted all of your blessings yet. You got a long time before you will ever be able to have all of them counted, right? And maybe one of the reasons that he's warning us, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, is so we'll get our eyes off of the circumstances and we'll get our eyes on the person who can change the circumstances. Woo, I'm preaching good, and y'all ain't even clapping or nothing. Hey! 
I'm making me look good for my nephew. Amen. He thinks that I'm, you know, hung the moon. So y'all got to say amen every now and then. Right? God is still personally caring for you. Even when things don't look good, I'm telling you, he is still personally caring for you. Just like she said, he is still looking for you, looking after you, coming for you, wanting to be with you. Personally caring for you. No matter what it looks like. No matter what's going on. I would have you turn to Habakkuk, but most of y'all don't even know how to say it, so I'm not going to turn there. But just listen, Habakkuk 3, because some people say Habakkuk. It's Habakkuk, okay? This the southern people say it one way. Oh, I forgot I was supposed to say Roll Tide. Amen. Sorry, Dusty. Roll Tide. <clears throat> I was going to have to wear a hat and a jersey, but praise the Lord. I, you thought I forgot, but I, oh, you got the hat. Roll Tide. Habakkuk 3 says, though the fig tree does not bud, why don't you just put all the things in here as I'm reading it, just start thinking about all the things in your life. What, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in my stall, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Some of y'all never even read Habakkuk 3. While all that's going on in your life, isn't it amazing how we can just write all of it down? If I said make a list right now of all the stuff going down in your life, man, you could do it before you left out of here. But if we say count all your blessings, if we say take 10 seconds to glorify your Father in heaven, most of you can't even open your mouth. Not all y'all. I'm talking to you. Keep scrolling. You shouldn't have stopped on here anyway. Because I'm going to tell it like it is. Amen. Don't get your feelings hurt and write me. Just so y'all know, it's my phone. I do what I want to with my phone. Amen. I hit delete and block all the time. It's my phone. You tell me what to do with my phone. Too much. You get my message. No. No, I actually didn't. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Y'all wanted to know that no is a complete sentence, right? Everybody knows that? No. It's a complete sentence. No. Don't got to explain it. Don't got to give no. No. No means no, and it's complete. You put a period on it if you want to. These aren't just fairy tales, y'all. These, pe these are people in real situations in this Bible. People who are facing real problems. How many of you are grateful for a real God who gives you real victory when you're going in the middle of a real adversity? When you've got real problems, you can give him praise for it. I'm thankful for a real God who understands my need. Amen. So in, I'll give you some background in Habakkuk. The nation of Israel, they slid back into sin, not, not like none of y'all would do. And God is very silent or seemingly silent. Habakkuk, he, the prophet, he's struggling with the silence of God. He's struggling. He wants God to judge Israel. <laughs> Don't get the prophet on your bad side. He's struggling with God failing to judge Israel. But in the third chapter, he begins to pray for God to revive his work in Israel. And toward the end of his prayer in verse 17 and 18, he recognized the potential hardships that will come with the judgment of God. So he wants God to judge them. And he recognizes what might happen if God does that. And he can sense that some challenges are coming his way. But can I tell you, before the challenge ever got there, he made up in his mind, despite the difficulties, he will take joy in the God of his salvation. He will rejoice. Knows things are coming. I mean, you know how the flesh is. Not yours, but your spouse. You know how the flesh is. I mean, we, we tend to judge everything from our limited perspective. We really do. Unless we have what we believe we should have, unless it happens the way we believe it should happen, unless God does what I think he ought to do, we have no reason to be thankful. But that was not his perspective, okay? Okay. He tells us to show gratitude even when we don't have what we want. Even when you find yourself in a place where it doesn't look like it's everything you need, you got to mature to the place where you can prioritize what God is doing in a situation over what you want from the situation. I'll say it louder for the people online. Somebody type this out right now. 
You know you're maturing when you can prioritize what God is doing in a situation over what you wanted from the situation. We can learn to rejoice even in troubling times. Because he points out our ultimate source of thanksgiving should not be, uh, come from getting our own way. Our ultimate source of thanksgiving should not come from getting our own way. We ought to be able to give God thanks for his love because while we were yet sinners, amen, I ought to just thank him right now. Thank you, God, while I was still messed up, jacked up in all that world. Hallelujah. He was looking for us. He was searching for us. Just like she said, he was looking and searching for us, not willing that any should perish. Nobody should perish, but should come to repentance. All should come. And he gives his blessing to us without discrimination. Thank you, God. God does good to us we, even when we deserve the opposite. God does good to us. Even when I deserve the opposite. You ought to be able to give God uh, thanks just for the patience he's, he's shown on you. Right? Most, most everybody all online in here would never pray for patience. We ought to just be thankful that he just keeps being patient with us. Because, you know, people are quick to write you off. I'm preaching now. You, you're like, yes, Kathy, you is right. I'm so grateful that I serve a God of second chances. And he doesn't write me off like, like people do me. Second chances. But see, when you learn from the one who was patient with you, you'll be patient to others. When you learn from the one who's been patient with you, you'll be patient with other people. You ought to be able to thank him. If no, if for no other reason, just thank him for his love and his patience. Thank you that he's a sovereign God. Amen? And you're like, well, what does it mean to declare God's sovereignty, that, to declare he's the supreme authority? Look, Daniel recognized the sovereignty of God. He was born to a noble life. He was enslaved as a teen. He was exiled from his homeland. He was cut off from his family. And some of y'all are mad you didn't get invited to Thanksgiving dinner. At your house. He was trained to assimilate into Babylonian culture, and yet Daniel followed God with his whole heart. With his whole heart. He followed God. When the Persian king wanted to promote Daniel to the second highest in the kingdom, the other guys conspired to take him down. The other officials, it's like, yeah, no, it's a no for us. Not happening. Ain't that just like some people? Anytime they see somebody else being elevated, they just, they just want to pull them down. They, they like them crabs in that bucket. Boy, they will not let another crab escape. I tried it many times. I'm from the South. You just get a bunch of crabs and put them in a bucket just to see. They really, really do just pull them right down. Don't let them climb out of that bucket for nothing. And, and, and maybe, you know, they, they, maybe you don't pull people down when they in the bucket trying to get out, but maybe you sow discord and gossip. Maybe you have jealousy. They convinced King Darius to issue a decree to pray to the king or suffer being thrown in the lion's den. Y'all all know this story. Speaking of being set free from jealousy, that just reminded me. On Wednesday nights, our midweek service is Wednesday night at 630. It's our big prayer meeting that we have all the time. In case any of y'all want to uh, be a little more mature Christian, get in all the things you can. Come to all the stuff you can. Amen? Anybody mad that they would have to go to prayer meeting? No. Amen. But at 530, okay, at 530, we have School of the Supernatural. Hmm. Amen. You got, you got to come to that. Whew. It's good. Okay, lines 10. You thought I forgot, but I didn't. But I want to show you what it looks like not to give God thanks for everything, but be able to stand and give God thanks in everything. Because with Daniel's life at risk, he could have buckled under, y'all. He could have accused God of not being a God of his word. He could have, um, he, he could have done all kinds of things. 
I, won't, I was going to start naming some, but some of y'all have done those this week, so I'm going to just refrain, amen? I'm going to refrain from all that. But let's just say he stayed faithful. Daniel stayed faithful, right? And the Bible says that Daniel bent down to pray and gave thanks to God three times a day. And some of us just wait till Sunday morning. Look at your neighbor and say, she's talking to you. If everybody just look at somebody and tell them she's talking to you, then they'll, you know, just get it over it. He gave, he gave God thanks three times a day. I mean, when he's, he's in a place where his life was at risk. Tell me, if you keep doing this, if you keep giving God thanks, we're going to throw you to the lions. I mean, if we tried that today... This is how I feel about cats. I mean, I'm serious. They will eat you alive. I'm just telling you. But if we tried that today, most everybody in here would Google how to survive a lion attack. Amen? He really would. Some of you professional Googlers would be like, how to survive a lion attack. What to have with me that I can, you know, inject into the lion and be thrown in the lion's den. Which one do you go for first, the guy or the girl? We really would. So Daniel's in a place where his life is at risk. And he said, I will not fail to give God thanks. You ought to write that on your Bible. I will not fail to give God thanks. And I don't know what all David, uh, Daniel was thankful for. Maybe it was God's continual provision that never failed to meet him. Maybe it was the faithfulness of God at every turn of his life. Maybe it was the goodness of God that showed up no matter what. Maybe it was all of this. Maybe it was none of this. But what I do know is when Daniel stayed true to giving God thanks, God showed up in a lion's den. It didn't keep him from going. It didn't keep him from being thrown in there, but it met him while he was in it. While he was in the middle of it. Giving thanks to God is huge. And I mean, for the entire night, y'all know the story, God shut the mouths of a lion. Have you ever heard about that story? Have you ever heard a story like that ever since the Bible time? Where God just shut the mouth of a lion and you spent the night with it all night long? Come on, for an entire night. And I mean, he not only came out alive, he wasn't even scratched. You can't even play with a cat and come out without a scratch. 100%, all the cat lovers say amen. See, they scratch you. You can't even. So if you can't thank God for his love and for his patience, if you can't thank him for his salvation and his sovereignty, maybe you can thank him for his wisdom because Jonah, unlike David, found himself in dire straits of his own making. How many of you put yourself in some stuff? Look at your neighbor and say, she really is now talking to you. She's really talking to you. You have put yourself in some humdingers. I was there. I watched you. You really, you really, really put yourself in a humdinger. Jonah really did. God told him, go warn Nineveh. Go tell them to repent. And if they don't repent, tell them judgment is coming. And Jonah's like, nope, not happening. Jump ship went to Tarshish. You know the story. This violent storm came, threatened to capsize the boat. And Jonah already knew I'm the one causing problem. I wish we could all get a spirit of revelation. Amen. We need a spirit of Jonah. It's me, y'all. I'm causing problem. I'm causing problem in the church. I'm causing problem on this job. I'm causing problem at my home. It's really me. I'm causing problem. Amen? You ought to pray for a spirit of Jonah. Hmm. He's like, it's me, guys. Y'all keep going where you're going and just throw me overboard. They did. Amen? So they did. Amen? And he was swallowed by a big fish. You know how the story goes. But I want you to notice what happened. Because in a place where he was surrounded by the consequences of bad decisions, just let that sink in real good. Let that marinate like that turkey. Because the Thanksgiving message, amen. Because in a place where he was surrounded by the consequences of bad decisions, he could have sulked like most people would. He could have given up. He could have gone on social media and just blasted all about it. Took a selfie with this whale talking about y'all. This is so unfair. 
He could have called everybody and tried to get somebody on his side. But can I tell you, in the belly of the fish. Now, none of y'all that I know of have ever been in the belly of a fish. Amen? You might have been in the teeth of one, maybe, but nobody's been in the belly of a fish that I know. But in the belly of the fish, I'm not talking about afterward when he got spit up on dry land. I'm not talking about while he was headed towards dry land. I'm talking about in the belly of the fish, Jonah repented and gave God thanks. <sighs> what? Powerful. I'm talking about in everything, in every place, in every situation, give thanks. He thanked God and praised God, and he got spit out on dry land. How many of you would like to just get spit out on dry land and be done with this thing you're going through? Amen. Me too. And the Bible says he turned a three-day journey into one day, so he definitely drove my, like my nephew does. But in three days, he should have been there. He got there in one day. He went to Nineveh to preach, and he did exactly what God told him to do. Amen. Thank God for his wisdom. Thank you, God, that your ways are higher than our ways. For wisdom. When God tells you go to Nineveh, go. Just go. Because of his wisdom, he's worthy to be thanked and praised. That's why I came up here today and said he's worthy. He's worthy to be thanked. He's worthy to be praised. Jonah began to praise God for hard consequences that brought about good repentance. Amen? Some of them hard consequences are just bringing about a real good repentance. I don't think you repent really, really good to you in the belly of a whale. You don't really repent good to you in a lion's den with lions. But that's just my opinion, amen? Or on me. Maybe you can't thank God for that, okay, but you can thank him for his mercy. Can I tell you, you woke up this morning and his mercy was brand new. It started over from the day before. And in the morning when you get up, his mercy is going to be brand new. Thank God for mercy. It breaks down every barrier. Every barrier. And you say, what are you trying to say, Kathy? I'm trying to say everything about God is great. Everything about God is vast. Everything about God is incomparable. Can I tell you, he never forgets. He never fails. He never falters. And he never forfeits his word. He knows what his word says. He never forgets it. We're told in the book of Hebrews, oh, we got plenty of time. Sweet Jesus. Oh, psh, calm down. Let's just slow down. Ooh, I thought we was in a rush. We got plenty of time. Hebrews 12, 26. At that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Therefore, let us be grateful. Let us be grateful. Let us be grateful. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us offer God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Can I tell you, Paul thanked God in it. Habakkuk thanked God in it. Daniel thanked God in it. Jonah thanked God in it. None of them waited to get to the other side of it. None of them waited until it was over and all done. They learned that their faith cannot be shaken. Nothing should shake your ability to trust God. Nothing should shake your trust in God. He's been faithful every day of your life. I came to tell somebody, there may have been days in your life when you stood there shocked. You can be shocked, honey, Bubba baby, but you can't be shaken. Amen. Give him glory. Hallelujah. You can be shocked, but you can't be shaken. Tell your neighbor, I won't be shaken. I will not be shaken. You can stand firm even in shaky times because the author and finisher of this unshakable kingdom is unshakable himself. It's unshakable. You're not doing anything that's rattling God. He is not up there twisting his thumbs, just pulling out his hair, twirling and everything, worried about anything that you're doing. He's unshakable. And we're inheriting a kingdom that's unshakable. We can look past our immediate situation to a kingdom that we're inheriting. We can trust him. He's steadfast, amen? He's trustworthy. That, that ought to keep Thanksgiving bubbling up inside you all year. 
on, on the 33rd Sunday of the year, you ought to still be bubbling up with thanksgiving. And even Jesus found himself in a place where he said, you know this, Father, if it be possible, take this cup. If there be another way, take this cup. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He was eager to have this Passover with his apostles. Knowing he's going to be betrayed. Knowing he's going to be arrested. Knowing he's going to be mocked and beaten. Now, you know most of y'all, especially in your old life, if you had wind of any of this was about to happen to you, you know you had a crowbar hid somewhere in your vehicle? Am I the only one with multiple weapons? Okay, just checking. Talking about somebody's coming to mock you and beat you? No. And ultimately crucify you? No, no, not going easy. Can I tell you, in it, Jesus in it, Jesus gave thanks in it. What? He even paused during the meal a couple of times, and, and he gave thanks before the supper cup. He gave thanks before breaking the bread. He gave thanks for the bread, which represented his body. He gave thanks for the wine, which represented his blood. For a people who knew not yet he was coming. Gave thanks. Jesus was saying, yes, Father, I willingly surrender myself to your call. And no matter what the cost, no matter what the cost, he gave himself to his Father. He gave himself to the work with gratitude, with gratitude, grateful for the privilege to obey his Father. Grateful for the privilege, considered it a privilege To obey his father. And it's my prayer today that like Daniel, we would offer gratitude to God no matter what we face. It's my prayer today that like Jonah, we would offer gratitude for hard consequences that bring us to a place of good repentance. It's my prayer today that we would offer gratitude to God for who he is over what he's given us. That we offer gratitude not after, but in the middle of whatever it is we're going through. My prayer is that like Jesus, we will offer gratitude to God even before he supplies our need. We thank him before he even gives us what we need or want or desire or ask for. That we would offer gratitude Let's offer gratitude. Even when the following, even when you follow his will for your life means other people are going to suffer. And I'm talking about people who could care less. You'll suffer for people who could even care less. That's what Jesus did. Suffered all of it for a people who could care less. Help us, Jesus. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. And perhaps there's some of you here today that would say, I need to know Jesus. I need to experience the kind of love that would look for me. That would look for me. I need to experience that kind of love. When I'm not even worthy to be looked for. And with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, be my Lord and Savior. Can I tell you there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun? Can I tell you over 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, Jesus died for you? The blood was shed for you? Today I'm telling you, guilt and shame leave your body, leave your life forever. You will be forever changed. He loves you. What if this was your last day and you never had another opportunity? Maybe you gave your life to the Lord in the past, but you've grown cold. You're not serving him like you know you should. You've allowed things in the world to come in. You've lost your first love. You've lost your peace. You've lost your joy. There was a time you used to be radically on fire for God. But something happened and you stopped. Today he wants you to come back. Maybe it's a hidden thing of the heart, pride, unforgiveness, anger. You want to come back. Today he calls you, come back. 
It's time to lay aside every sin, the sin that so easily besets you, the Bible said, the sin that easily troubles you, the sin that easily threatens you persistently. It's time to run the race. It's time to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Maybe you fell into sin and you're eat up with guilt and condemnation and shame. The enemy's got you bound up, but today you would say enough is enough. Maybe this third category, maybe something has shaken your faith. Maybe a storm came against your life, a divorce, a death, a bankruptcy, loss of a loved one, loss of a job, betrayal of a close friend. Something rocked your world. But today you would say, I'm falling in love with Jesus all over again. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Maybe you just don't know. I'm not 100% sure of my salvation. If you fit in any of these categories, I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand up and right back down. I want to pray for you. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You would say, I fit into one of these three categories. Yes. I want you to pray for me. Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Maybe you'd say, I need to get better at thanking God for how patient he's been with me. Maybe you need to offer yourself afresh. Thank you. I see you. You need to offer yourself afresh to him. The mercies of God have met you every single morning. Maybe you've been beaten down. You just get your feet placed on solid ground and something knocks you off again. And you do it again and again and again. You say, pray for me, Kathy. Pray for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I see your hand. Maybe you say, I'm struggling, but I'm trying to get it right. Can I tell you, you'll never do it on your own. You'll never do it on your own. You have to come to the perfect one. When life is overwhelming, when it seems like you've bitten off more than you can chew. Maybe that's you. Thank you. I see your hand. I've bitten off more than I can chew. When life is overwhelming, it seems like you've bitten off more than you can chew. Can I tell you, the Lord has his eyes on you. He has his eyes on you. Be encouraged. Take heart. You're going to have the victory. And as everybody stands to their feet all over this place, if that was you to raise your hand, I just want you to quickly come down front. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to pray together. I'm not going to embarrass you, but if that was you, if you raised your hand, I want you to just come down front. We're going to say a quick prayer. Amen. Just come, 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 come. He's saying, hearken. He's saying, listen. He's saying, respond. He's saying, don't refuse me. He's saying, don't turn me away. Don't refuse me. Come, come, come to me. Whatever it is you're in, he's with you. He's not going to leave you the way he found you. He's going to scoop you up. You're going to have the victory. Who wouldn't want to serve a God like that? Who wouldn't want to serve a God like that? You're going to have the victory. You have the victory. We're going to all say this prayer together. I know most of you are saved, but we're going to say it together for everybody in the house or up here that's not. We're going to say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I know you are the Son of God who he raised from the dead. Be my Savior and my Lord. Because see, it's really good to have him be your Savior. Everybody says that prayer, but we're going to walk out of here letting him be Lord of our life. He's my Savior and my Lord. So we say, be my Savior and my Lord. Say, wash me, cleanse me, set me free. I repent of my sins. And just take a minute and make that real with him. Just take 10 seconds. Can you just make that real with him? Can you just lift your hands to heaven and just let him speak to you? Let him talk to you. Make that real between you and him. Not my will, Father. Nevertheless, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I will not fail to give God thanks. I surrender to your call. I surrender to your will. Just tell him right now, I surrender. I surrender. Maybe in your seat, you wanted to come up here, but you just did it. Maybe you're a little nervous, a little didn't know what to expect. That's okay. It's not too late to come now if you want to come. But maybe right in your seat, you can say, I surrender. I surrender to your will. 
you, blah, 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 blah. Can you just take a few minutes to just give him thanks? Can you just give him thanks for rescuing you? Can somebody just give him thanks for protecting you? I mean, can somebody just say thank you for keeping me? You kept me. When that person ran that stop sign, ran that red light, you kept me. Can you just thank him for that? Can you thank him when your family was all jacked up and he kept your mind sane? He kept you in your right mind. Can somebody thank him for keeping them in their right mind? He protected you. He rescued you. You were in a real bad relationship. You were in a real bad situation, and he rescued you. Can you just thank him for that? That time he healed you. That time the doctor told you all this report, but God said, not my report, and he actually healed you. Can you just thank him for that healing? Thank him for the mercy. Can you just thank him for the mercy that he's had mercy on you? The last good time you disobeyed him, he actually showed you mercy. Thank him for his mercy. He got you out just in time. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for getting us out just in time. Thank you. He's been a good, good father. She ba 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 ba. Nevertheless, 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 not my will, not my will, Father, but thy will be done. Nevertheless, not my will, Father, but thy will be done. Nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, not my will, but thy will be done. Father, nevertheless, 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 not my will, Father, not my will, Father, but thy will. Nevertheless, not my will, Father, but thy will be done. Not my will, not my will, not my will. Not my will, Father, thy will be done. We surrender, we surrender, we surrender. I surrender. I surrender, Father, not my will, not my will. I surrender, I surrender. I surrender. Amen. Amen. I surrender. I surrender, Father. Not my will. Not my will. Not my will. Not my will, Father, but thy will be done. Hey, it's Pastor James and Kathy from Riverside Assembly of God, and we're so excited to be making this video today because we have a big announcement, right? Yeah, just in time for the holidays, everybody. We're going to one service at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. right yeah. here. Children's Church will be happening at 10 a.m. Everything we got going on 10 a.m. right here, 4242 West Riverside Boulevard, right here in Rockford. Join us this Sunday, yeah. 10 a.m. 